isn't God good? I mean, uh, our, our, our country celebrates 244, uh, 240 years tomorrow. Come on, give God praise for that. Amen. And uh, if you're um, um, ever served in the military or you're in the military now, can you stand up here, veteran? Uh, just stand up right now where you're at. Let's give these men and women a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service to our country. Um, you know, I, um, I, I've been just praying about, Lord, what do you want me to share today? Because we're in between uh, um, um, message series. We're next week, we're going to start on Philemon. Um, so you guys who, who don't like to read, you're going to be able to read through this chapter pretty easily. It's only one chapter. but um, So I was praying, asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to share? And so he gave me this phrase, how a believer should love America. So I want to talk to you today about how we as believers should actually love America. And I, I tell you what, I believe, I've been all over the world, and um, I believe America is one of the greatest countries on this earth. I have no doubt about it. If you're from any other country, I'm sorry. Um, I do believe that. You may believe that about your country, but this is, this is I really believe this about America. You know, and I, I found this, um, these six different things that only in America does this happen. Number one, only in America can pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. <laughs> Maybe that's why we need an ambulance. I don't know. <laughs> Number two is only in America are there handicapped parking places in front of a skating rink. <laughs> only in America do drug stores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions <laughs> while healthy people can buy cigarettes at the front. <laughs> <laughs> Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Diet Coke. <laughs> Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in our driveways and put all of our junk in our garages. <laughs> and, and this last one I love is, Only in America do we buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of 8. So... <laughs> You know, I, I love the 4th of July, personally. I'm, I mean, I love my, my country. I really do. I, um, I, we make it a purpose, my wife and I, that we take our kids um, individually to Washington, D.C., just to show them the spiritual heritage of our country. And I uh, just, just took my son this last month. And I, I just, I love that. You know, I love our, um, I love everything about it. I love the fireworks, you know, I love uh, hot dogs, and I love baseball go rolls, amen, and beat the White Sox completely. And um, <laughs> I, love, uh, I love everything about our country. I really do. I just love our country. I mean, I love our Declaration of Independence. Part of it says this, and you should read this, your Declaration of Independence. You should read at least once a year, especially during this time. So I encourage you to go home. You know, look it up on the internet and read it. It says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that are among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I just love that. No, no country just really was founded on that type of, 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 of purpose. And, and uh, that's what our, our, um, our founding fathers, you know, loved. 
You know, I'm grateful for my country, particularly when I don't agree with its policies and its practices. Because, because the freedom that we have, I can disagree and dissent. I, I have a responsibility to disagree, amen, as an American, right? That's our responsibility. When we don't like something, we can disagree and we can dissent and we don't have to go along. And that's, that's part about, that's this natural com, uh, na- national conversation that we should have. That's, and that's what's part of this American experiment. That's what it's all about. You know, in a chapter on patriotism on the, uh, in his book, Credo, by William Coffin, he writes this, How do you love America? With the vision and the compassion of Christ, which is transcendent ethic that alone can fill the patriot's dreams, that sees beyond the years her alabaster cities gleamed undimmed by human tears. So how do we, as a believer, love America? Because, you know, sometimes I think, especially during election year, we can get to a place of idolizing America. In fact, a lot of our end-time things, end-time books that come out, they put America as the, as the number one thing in the, in the book, and, the, and America is really sorry, nowhere in the Bible. And so I think it's something that we have to look at as believers, because I think it's okay to love your country. I have, I have no problem. I don't think it's okay to idolize your country. But what do we do? Because God, you know, you are blessed, trust me, to be born here. You are blessed to be born in such a country. You could have been born somewhere else. Might have been a lot harder life than you have now. But you are placed here for a purpose by God Almighty. So what is our purpose here? So what is our responsibility as a believer in our nations? You can, there's some notes you can follow along with me in your bulletin. Number one is that we must remember that we are first citizens of God's kingdom. That's so important. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. First and foremost, I am, uh, I am a member of God's kingdom, and that takes over everything else. That is the first place in my, my, my life. I might have been born in America, but listen, God knew me before I was born. I'm a citizen of heaven. And God didn't say, for God so loved America. No, he said, for God, in John three sixteen so loved the world. And the temptations for Christians, especially in this time of this election year, is to misplace our hope into a person or a party rather than the person of Christ. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We cannot, uh, no man on this earth is going to save America. Only Jesus Christ is going to save America. Now, will he use men and women? Of course. And can he? Yes. Yes. But it's all about us as Americans, and especially during this time of this year, that we make sure our focus is on Him. I saw, I saw this quote one time. I can't remember who it's from, but it was in one of my notes. And it says, mixing Christianity up with a political party is like, cha- like trying to mix ice cream with horse manure. It doesn't do much damage to the manure, but it does a heck of a dam- lot of damage to the ice cream. So 
Some of you are now getting it, huh? <laughs> Christianity becomes toxic when we lose sight of Jesus. It becomes a, a religion that can kill. But when we're inside of Jesus and our focus is on him, it becomes one of life and of purpose and of joy and of thanksgiving and of change. See, when we lose focus on Christ, we begin talking a lot of stuff that Jesus actually didn't say. And we don't focus on what actually he came to do. And that's what we do. Our, we, we have to remember that our deepest allegiance is not to a candidate or to a party, but to Christ. Our politics are not primarily shaped by a donkey or an elephant, but by the lamb. Amen? More important than the left or the right is to stay centered, not centered, but centered on Jesus. Amen? And that's who should form what we believe and what we do in our life. You know, there's a beautiful old hymn, and it goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. There's a lot of seeking sand this, these days. So let us stand firm, guys, in our commitment of, to Christ and to his kingdom and to following him and putting our focus on him and not on, a, not on a person, not on a party, not even as much on a country, but on the kingdom of God because it's only through Christ Jesus that we Men and women shall be saved. You know, I love what even our, our founding fathers said, and this is what they believed. And uh, George Washington, in his farewell address to the nation, says, Do not let anyone claim tribute of America patriotism if they ever even attempt to remove religion from politics. Patrick Henry said this, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by, the, by Christians, not by religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Benjamin Franklin said this, he says, we have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Powerful statements by our founding fathers, right? It's only by us focusing on Jesus. He is the hope of this nation. And the two front runners that are running today are not our hope. In fact, let me say this. And I'm not telling you who to vote for or who not to vote for. I can. But I won't. We're not over yet. We may, we may come out. What? <laughs> But, you know, I'm so grateful for this nation. I'm so grateful for what God's doing in this nation. But I think it's time for the church to see past American politics as the tool to bring the kingdom of change to happen and start looking in the mirror. It's not going to change by the politics of America. It's going to change by men and women like you rising up and who they know Christ is in them and wants to do through them is the only way 
our nation is going to be changed. Um, and I believe that's going to happen. I have hope for America. Amen. And so stop listening to the naysayers that America is over with, that God's through with America because he's not through with America. He's not through with me. He's not through with you. And he put me here for a reason. And the fact that we are all here today and we are all alive and kicking means that God wants to do something even greater in America today than he's ever done before. Amen. If 12 men or 11 men can change the world and turn the world upside down over 2,000 years ago, how much can you and I do today, amen? And so what should we do as a believer, as an American? What, what is our responsibility then? And here's what we need to do. Number one, we need to pray for America. We need to pray for our nation, and we need to pray for our leaders. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 2, 14. And let me say this that has nothing to do with America. It has something to do with you and I. And a lot of times we use this verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 2.14 as something that America has to change. No, it has something to do with you. When I read it, it has something to do with me. When you read it, it has something to do with you. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Look at this. The first thing it starts out, it has everything to do with identity who are you and who owns you he says if my people i'm a child of god i am his people amen he says if my people he didn't say if hey if you guys get your stuff correct if you get everything right out there then i'll come and heal it's just like so we're, we're asking the sinner, sinner, you better get fixed before, we, before God does something. That's stupid. He's telling us. He says, if my people who are called by my name, and that is me, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that is you, will humble themselves. You know what that means? That means I stop looking for, to man to accomplish something, and I look to God to infuse power in me to start doing something. Amen? I humble myself. God, I can't do it. It's like Benjamin Franklin said, listen, if it's done by man, it's worthless. It will be destroyed like the Tower of Babel. But if it's done by him, oh man, can you imagine? Listen, church, don't lose hope that even our government can be changed because of what we do here in Blue Springs. Because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and then it tells us what to do, pray and seek his face. And who is to turn from their wicked ways? Me. You. Now, what is a wicked way? And a lot of times we think really just these gross sins. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's you and I focusing on the wrong thing. Maybe our wicked sin as a church in America has been we have focused on electing every four years, trying to elect the right person to do the right job in America where it's not that was the wicked thing that we need to repent of and we need to humble ourselves and get down on our knees and say, God, you're the only hope. 
You're the only way for America. Maybe that's what we have to do. It said, God, I humble myself and I pray and I seek, my, I seek your face and I turn from my wicked ways, my wicked understandings, my wicked way of doing things, and I search you, God. And then it says, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and I will heal their land. There's something great that can come about of it when the church of God becomes really the church of God and start walking not in the ways of this kingdom, but with the ways of God's kingdom. Amen? Something great can happen when you and I start doing that. I love that. So we need to pray for our nation. We need to get on our knees and we need to pray for God to move in our nation, to move among us where we will be a light to this dark world. That's what the church needs to do. I think this is the time for the church more than ever before is to rise up in strength and power and authority like never before and in not entrusting in our own ability, not entrusting in our own numbers, but trusting in God who saves. We can do some powerful things, amen? So what's our, what should we do as a believer? We need to pray. We need to Find out who we are. Humble ourselves. Seek his face. Turn from the ways we've done in the past. And God is going to do, make a way. The second thing we need to do is we need to act on our faith. Yes, and vote. Yes, vote. Everybody say vote. It's good to vote, amen? It's not only your civic responsibility. I think it's also... God responsibility that you get out and vote, that you become part of the process here in America. You know, here in America, it's changed over the years. And if you ever study America, you study the climate that was 200 years ago, that people were involved. There was not a separation of church and state. I want you to know that. That was never the part. It was making, making sure that the state doesn't involve in church affairs. That was the whole purpose of it. And so Americans got involved, and it, Christianity and Jesus was all involved in this, and that we need to act on our faith. And to take who you are out of that is wrong, because you have, you can't, you have to vote who you are. If you are a believer, you cannot separate who you are from what you do. Amen? So you have to vote who you are. You've got to vote the word. You've got to be a part of the discussion. You've got to speak up and talk about God and talk about Him. No matter if people, I know, separate church and state, that is stupid. You can't take Jesus out of me. And you can't tell me I'm not an American because I was born in Denver, Colorado. Even though I'm not a Broncos fan. <laughs> we do have them in here, so watch it. Um, are you, you're not wearing a Broncos shirt, but you got orange on, don't you? Is that orange? It's red. Okay, I can't see. Anyway. Cheese colors. <laughs> I mean, you can't separate who you are from what you do. And that's what this world is trying to do for, to you. Look at me. They're trying to separate who you are from what you do. 
They're saying you cannot vote as a believer. No, I, I can't separate the two. I am, like Popeye said, what I am, you know? So you need to act on your faith. You need to vote. Here's another way to act on your faith is get involved locally. Um, I don't think change is happening in Washington. I think the change has to happen elsewhere before it happens in Washington, D.C. If you don't like this type of message, just keep on listening because it does get better. <laughs> Maybe. You have to get involved locally. And I look at this, and I look at the early church. After Christ had ascended, the church began. The church didn't go to Rome and try to vote Caesar out. Uh, it would have, they would have murdered them all. But they went to the surrounding cities and won them to the Lord. And guess what happened? Rome was changed because they had to change. They didn't have a choice. See, our focus shouldn't be as much as on Washington as much as it should be on Blue Springs, of Grain Valley, of Oak Grove, or Odessa, or Lee Summit, or Independence, or Kansas City. You and I, as believers, need to be involved outside this church. Some of you need to run for office in your cities. You need to run for school board in your cities. You need to start having influences. Amen? Some of you need to run for city council, unless you're in Chris's district. You don't want to do that. But you can, Other districts. You need, to, um, you need to run for mayor. You need to ask the city government, hey, can I serve on some kind of council or some kind of advisory board? They're looking for people to serve. You need to, to get involved in your PTAs at school. You need to get involved in your HOAs that you're in your home. We need you to be that light. And everywhere else. We're going to actually change our nation. It has to start in Jerusalem, then in Samaria, then in Judea, and the other most parts of the world. Amen? We have to get involved locally. One of the things we just started here is a community outreach program that um, we are going to be planning things to reach out into our community by service by outreaches, um, by loving our community. And I want to encourage you to be involved in that. But ask the Lord, Lord, how can I make a change in my country? Amen? But you start locally. Amen? You vote, you pray, you do what you need to do, but get involved. Pray for our policemen. I tell you what, bake cookies for them. I'm sure they will like them our firemen, for our city workers. Stop the complaining to our city workers. Amen? And start helping them. Get involved. 
Don't become part of the problem. Become part of the solution. That's one of the best things we can do as a church is, is to help. And, and as the church, not just Cornerstone, but as the church is to help our city officials. You want to see change happen? That's how change is going to happen. But if we get into this lie that all that matters is in November and who becomes president, listen, how many of you in the last 20, 30 years have had many different presidents and nothing's really happened well and it's getting worse? Why? Because we're not building on Christ. What we need to do as a church is affect our local area where and eventually there's not going to be a choice. Amen? Watch God move. Amen? And number three, we must be about our true purpose, our real purpose in life. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. You and I are part of a nation, not just America. We're, and that's on this earth. But we're, we're even now, when you accepted Jesus Christ, you've been changed. You, have, you are now a citizen of heaven. That's who we are. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we must be about our real purpose, and that's this, loving God and pleasing him. Loving the Father and pleasing the Father. And how do we do that? Have faith in God. If, it, it, Hebrews eleven six. but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to, of those who dis, diligently seeks him. You have faith in God. You put your faith out there for your, your neighborhood, your city, your nation. So we don't have to be afraid about the future or what happens in Washington, D.C. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be worried at all. And most end-time prophecies are trying to get you in fear. And if it gets you in fear, don't trust it. It's of the wrong spirit. But that's just good preaching, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. I just love that. That's really good. Now, is America screwed up? Yes. That just makes us even more fiery to go after the things of God. Amen? He says, if my people... Not what politicians will do, not what my government will do, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. You will do very well to focus on the Lord. Amen? So have faith in God. How do we please the Lord? How do we, how do we focus? Have faith in God. Number two, love people. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through nine. Jesus said to him, "You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind." This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it: "You shall love your neighbor as yourself." So 
But what's our real purpose? Loving God and loving others. To be a light. Tell them about Jesus. Show them Jesus through you. Be that example. Love is about what you say and do. Amen? That's the way our nation's going to be changed. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that us being Christ-like here locally. And as we expand locally, it will go into our state, our region, our nation, and then the world. I really believe. I don't, it's like this, and I've said this before. We have to act like there is no other church in America. Amen? But if there wasn't any other church in America, guess what? We could do it. We have enough here. Amen? If those people who came out of the upper room, led by those 11, eventually just 12, again, to turn the world upside down, I think that's going to happen again. Amen? I believe that can happen here in America, and I believe we can see it happen. How many guys would, would believe with me? Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen? Amen. I, um, I want us to do something. I want us to pray, and I want us to stand up. I want us to join hands. And and I want us to pray for our country right now. Um, we have started this um, um, with a video of someone praying. I thought it was just perfect for what the Lord wants to do. But I want us just to pray for our, our country together. Um, it's a very somewhat troublesome time in our country, of course, because if it's not being led by Jesus, it's being built on a wrong foundation. That's what seems to be happening. But, you know, it's just time for the church. When the dark gets darker, the church gets brighter. Amen? Where sin abounds, what does the Bible say? Grace much more abounds. Amen? Oh, man, isn't that good? And God's going to do something through you to reach this city, to reach, bring a light in, into this Blue Springs, this eastern Jackson County area. Amen? So, Father, we pray. We humble ourselves, and, Father, we know that we and of our own thinking, our own knowledge can't do it. That it has to be on the foundation of who you are and what Jesus did, the gospel, the good news of Christ Jesus. And so, Father, as a church here, Lord, we pray for our nation. That, God, that you would use us to bring about revival. A revival of people rising up for you. Of hearts and lives being changed. Of passions being directed towards you, Lord. That, God, you would use us in our communities to show off who you are to people who do not know you. So, Father, I pray that you give us vision. You give us dreams, ideas. That, Father God, that we can go out into our homes and our 
neighborhoods, in our schools, in our city, in our governments here, that you would um, give us wisdom and favor to even rise up even more than that to affect our region and our nation. And Father, I pray for all the churches that this will be their heart, to love you and to love others and to affect this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we do that. We humble ourselves, and we will seek you, and we make that commitment, God, to seek you and you only. And our allegiance is to God, is to you, Lord. And that, Father, we know that you will change this nation, change our world around us, Lord, because of what you say to us, what you speak to us, and you have us speak to others in Jesus' name. We have faith in you, God, and you alone in the name of Jesus. So we pray, God, that you protect us, that you protect our nation from outside forces of your will. That, Father God, our nation will be a nation that sends forth the gospel again. That I pray and I believe that even in our budget will be a budget to send Bibles throughout the world again, as it was once before. And we thank you for that. And we just thank you, God, that you are going to use Cornerstone Church to have a great part in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Are you worthy? Amen. Hallelujah. Um, So tomorrow, when you celebrate our 240th birthday, remember that. Ask the Lord, what is your plan for me to see that America survives until you come, not only survives, but flourishes and becomes a light to the gospel of Jesus Christ once again. Amen? Ask the Lord that. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise as uh, Bill comes up and closes out today.